You're listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Discussing the topics that matter to you because they matter to us, including marketing, networking, generating business awareness, as well as covering various business tools and technology. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Welcome to episode 28 of Brumpod. I'm Richard Heathcote, and I'm joined, as ever, by Jason and Ewan. Hello. Hello. And this time, we have Lisa Brown from Lisa B Interiors. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, how's everyone? Very well. Thanks for coming on board. It's a pleasure. So, Lisa is an interior designer. So we thought it's a bit different from what we've talked about on uh, on previous episodes. So firstly, how just give us a bit of a rundown of who you are. So how did you get into interior design and, and what was your route uh, to where you are now? Okay, well, it's a bit of a funny start really how my career started um, because I was actually watching Come Dine With Me. And on Come Dine With Me, there was a lady who was an interior designer and I was like, oh, she looks like she's got a fabulous job because her house was beautiful. Um, so straight away I started researching how to get into that kind of career. Um, and my first steps was at Northall College. And then after that, I went on to Wolverhampton University, um, done bits of work experience and internships. And from there, in 2016, I started my business after graduating in 2015. Fantastic. Snap, I went to Wolverhampton Uni as well. How is it? Yeah. It. <laughs> it's a really good uni. It is. I, I, I had great fun there. And so with the obvious pandemic which is still happening and it's affecting pretty much everyone even though a lot of people are sort of back to work by now has that had any form of impact on you or your client base or have have things been fairly unaffected um well i wasn't really affected because a lot of my projects can take anything from two months to three months so luckily um i had two projects i started at the beginning of march so they're taking me right through all of lockdown, really. Um, and because the properties was empty, we was able to continue working and also designing. So I wasn't really affected. Um, as things have picked back up, I've been out looking at new inquiries. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully there'll be some more new projects to start in the next few weeks. So, yeah, not, so not really affected. <laughs> that's good news. Has COVID regulations made people want to have to remodel and sort of call on your services? Has it had any sort of positive impact? Um, I wouldn't say on the residential side because there's not been too many inquiries, but on the commercial side, yes. Um, there have been a lot of people wanting to set up food, food joints, um, looking at restaurants. So on the commercial side, I think the COVID has actually pushed, the, pushed people to go more self-employed and start businesses. Absolutely. So one of the questions that interests me because we're Brummies networking and is how do people find you and how do you find your clients? I mean, how, how big a part is networking in your overall sort of business plan? Well, I think networking is very important. Um, if I can, I do attend quite a, a few events in Birmingham City Centre. Also as well, I would do shows just to make people know my presence and I do get a lot of clients from those as well. Um, also at the same time, I've taken the time out to do the Google Garage course so I could learn online marketing myself. So, okay. 
So that's something that I do all myself and I, I make that quite personalised and I think that kind of works as well. So a lot of people do contact me from, from Google um, and also Instagram, Facebook as well and Twitter. So yeah, it's very, it's, I think it's quite important. Also as well, word of mouth, because my business is in its fourth year, a lot of people are obviously talking about it. So yeah, a lot of people are coming to me from word of mouth too. No, that's good news. I could imagine that, yeah, because of what you you do is predominantly visual, that social media like Instagram, Twitter, would be pivotal, really, to your um, to your market. Yeah, it is definitely because people like to see imagery, um, and it's a great platform because at the end of each project, I make sure I've got lots of pictures. Also, through the process of the project as well, I'll post regularly, so people enjoy seeing that as well. So yeah, def- it's definitely a good platform. <laughs> yeah, the before and after pictures in in something like interior design, they've got to be absolute Instagram fodder. Um, to be honest, they have, but I've tried to come away from that a little bit um, because you know it was a, it was a lot getting a photographer out and things like that, and sometimes your clients want to move straight into their home as well. Um, probably even when you're still doing bits of work. So I always try and just take pictures on my phone show the process and then take the best pictures I can at the end um, because I think sometimes a phone can be as good as well. That, absolutely. So, yeah. well, it gives it that sort of real and more raw feel, I suppose, really, doesn't it? Because you, you get the – it then feels like a real place as opposed to something which looks, you know, like a, a property brochure for a house sale or something like that. Yeah. It just looks a bit more yeah. lived in, a bit more real, live, and yeah, a bit more authentic. Yeah, and with my business, I want to come across as a real working business rather than always, you know, trying to do everything for this end picture. Um, so, yeah, so I've tried not to make that the end goal all the time. Um, if it was a bigger project, something like, something quite large scale, then yeah, we'd definitely take professional pictures. But um, a lot of my projects, I try, I try and keep it as real as I can. Yeah, absolutely. So who is, you know, your, your kind of typical client? Um, to be honest, um, mainly landlords, property developers, I would say that that's more who I've worked mostly with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've worked on a, a six bed HMO, which is quite fun, just using paint. Um, also, I designed four apartments for a property developer, and those was all new builds as well. And then the same property developer, I'm just helping him to um, convert an office into a two bed house. So, yeah, and that's in Harborn, so, that, you know, that's a pretty good project. So hopefully we can keep working together too. Do you prefer working locally or how far afield do you tend to go? Um, I tend to stick to the West Midlands because um, I find that if it's London, uh, Manchester, I find that I can't give my full attention due to the distance. Yeah. And I do like to visit my projects every other day. I'm very hands-on with my projects, so I don't like to be too far away. Generally speaking, how creative do you feel the general public for residential or, or your commercial clients are when it comes to knowing or more so, I suppose, thinking they know what they want? I mean, do, do they give you a blank slate and you present your recommendations uh, or are the clients on the whole more hands-on? Okay, well, majority of my clients, they will literally come to me and just say, look, he just do a lovely design. They'll give me a little brief, whether they want colour, whether they want it to have like a vintage look. Um, and really, I'll just go away and start designing. Um, 
And to be honest, that, they literally love it. <laughs> Nobody's ever really complained. Um, I can get other clients, such as, uh, like the one we've just done at the queue, my client, he kind of knows what he knew what he wanted. So we work together, I put a design together and then we'd sit down, pick at it, recreate it, um, because that kind of give him ideas that he would never have thought of. Um, and then, yeah, we work together until we come to a complete design and then, yeah, we continue from there. Um, when it comes to, to let properties, more of that's about the cost. So with, with, with those clients, it's literally like, give me, give me a lovely apartment, clean, clean looking, um, functional. And they're, they're usually pretty happy with those designs and they just go forwards with them. So yeah, they have a lot of faith in me. <laughs> And is everything digital now? I mean, is everything done by uh, sort of digital imagery presentations, uh, sort of PowerPointy, not PowerPoint, but that kind of thing? Or is it still very much that when you're presenting ideas to a client, do you have like sort of swatch books of fabrics and colours and um, Pantone books of all various yeah. colours? Is, is everything sort of still physical? Because my, 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 my real knowledge of interior design comes from Will and Grace. Uh, which isn't saying a huge amount, really. Uh, but we, you just see th tons of materials and fabrics and furnishings and things. And is that still the case, or have things sort of gone a bit more um, online? Right, it still, it still is the case. Um, but, I mean, the, the way that I usually work is I will always present my client with a 2D plan just to show the room layout, where the furniture goes. Um, along with that, they'll have a 3D animation. So that 3D animation will show the wallpapers in the room, the floors, and we'll do them a walkthrough so they can feel, well, they can see how it feels in the space and exactly how it will look as well. Um, also as well, we create a CGI image, which so okay. is a, a realistic render, um, and that will completely show the client exactly what you'll look like. To support that, I will have bits of fabric, uh, wallpapers, but I no longer create mood boards physically. All the mood boards are created 3D. Sorry, they all create digitally. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just it just it saves a lot of time um, because if somebody's not happy with the design and then you've created a mood board physically, you know, you've got to go and create another one. Yeah. So if it's digital, it's a lot easier because you know we can pull colours in and out, and also it's it's easier for us to design because you can see how things go together, the colours go together, the furniture. Um, so yeah, so it's more it's more digital, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> See, something I have to ask, and I'm doing it on Richard's behalf, because you two are artists, you create, you create. myself and Ewan, we're just sort of boring pencil pushers. <laughs> but Richard will freely admit that when like he's hired it. sometimes, the director of the firm that hires him suddenly decides they are now the artistic director. Yes. And they are George Lucas, and they are telling him how he should be saying stuff. Do you get nightmare clients like that, where it's beyond just giving you feedback, they're practically taking over? And how do you deal with it? Um, yes, there is clients like that. Um, but to be honest, I usually sit down with them and I will get them to give me an in-depth in brief. So I know a lot of their ideas, what they want already. I know colours that they don't like, colours that they do like, patterns they don't like. Um, so I kind of tackle all that in the beginning, so that they're not too much of a nightmare once the design starts to be starts to be done, um, because there's a lot of elements that they wanted in there anyway. Um, all it is, I will twist it around, 
make it look a lot better with a lot more ideas and usually the, the pretty okay with it so if you tackle it at the beginning they're not too bad first <laughs> so richard take notes why what are you doing wrong then <laughs> I I it's just wine 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 can you make the voice more blue oh really why does he have to say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've, I've had some very odd requests and feedback in the past which yes best not even worth mentioning no I suppose conversely, if on on the flip side, if if you were presented with an absolute blank slate, and you had a client that was less than forthcoming, uh, I mean, where do you even start? I mean, would you how do you go about gathering ideas for that? I mean, are there are there some more stick to more conservative themes, or is it better just to throw in some wild cards and go a little bit more off the wall to hope it might spark a bit of an idea? Yeah, um, but usually, again, I'll get a brief on the client um, just to get some in-depth of what they do like, what they don't like, um, how many people be using the space, what function will the space be for. Um, and then from there, I mean, we'll go we'll have like a Pinterest house, um, a lot of visual sites and just grab some little ideas. Um, and then I'll just start, well, you know, when you're an interior designer, you should be gifted anyway. So. <laughs> Ideas start popping into my head, and then I'll start creating things into straight into the 3D visual. Um, and yeah, and then out of nowhere, we'll we'll create something, and usually show the clients, and usually they're really happy with it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, just do that. Is, is there a, is there a big difference from designing for residential to commercial? I mean, are there any sort of rules that you tend to follow with? residential that you wouldn't do in commercial or vice versa I mean, so regarding aesthetics meeting functionality and that kind of thing are there any particular rules um yeah well i'd say the design process is completely the same um the only difference is with commercial is that you have to look into um fire regulations ah, so yeah. you need to make sure that a lot of things are fireproof um such as the fabrics um like there's an office that done in canic and it's all had artificial um hedge wall so oh, okay. that wall, I have to make sure that all that hedging is fire resistant. Um, also, all the wallpapers in there have to be fire resistant. So, so yeah, that, that's the main thing because um, each year when the fire brigade come out, I will check the certificates for everything that we've put in there to make sure it's all fire related. Um, also as well, if it's um, a high traffic area, such as a restaurant or such as a bus or a train, you need to make sure that the fabric is a vibration fabric um, to make sure that it can withstand the amount of people sitting on there daily so it doesn't wear out. Um, oh, okay. so all, yeah, so all those little things you just need to take into consideration and also like slip rates on floors and also um, making sure it's a good, good floor as well so it doesn't get worn easily. What, what's the most off-the-wall venue you've had to design or redesign in any way? Um, one of my biggest designs, um, which was, well, it was literally three months into my business, um, Muriel's Shopping Centre in Dudley. Yep. We created a, um, a big hair salon there. Um, so that one was from scratch. Uh, so we had to do lots of drawings, lots of drawings for Corian and big, big four metre mirrors and things like that. Um, so yeah, and that one turned yeah. out quite re really, really good. Um, so I was running to the deep end with that one, to be honest. Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> but it turned out really, really well. Um, it's still being used today, so people can go and see it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's 
it's a really that was a really good project and then after that as well we had a big one in Cannock um, and the owner of that he wanted that to look like the Google office oh so, right so that was quite fun so that was a very colourful design what um, with slides and things yeah <laughs> we, 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 we couldn't quite do that but I'll give them a nice beach area um, for the relaxation a games area um, and yeah I just had really, really lots of fun with, with it Lots of colours, bird boxes, all that, those kind of crazy things. So what would your dream job be now? What's what's next on the agenda? Well, my dream job, uh, I would really love to do a big a big mansion or a chateau, something like that. How would you do it? Would you try and keep it contemporary? Would you? Um, usually I'll go with the, I always try and go with the um, period of the property, to be honest. I always try and keep, keep within that and then at the same time bring a, uh, bring some updated features to it as well, such as like a uh, more contemporary film. And the office spaces, they're, they've been changing lately with, you know, co-working spaces, uh, the likes of WeWork and those sort of things where hot desking and multi-use venues are, are cropping up all the time now. And they seem to have far more of a flavour of, you know, a bit like the Google offices where there's there's little breakout areas, there's lots of different areas of interest and yeah. working areas, hardcore focus areas and then chill out areas. Is that is that a common thing that's happening more and more as people strike or attempt to strike a bit more of a work-life balance and not having corporate spaces which are just blank grey boxes which people just have to wallow in for nine to five <laughs> yeah de definitely because i think people i think sitting at a, a desk all day it gets a bit boring you know you start to nod off and things so i think if you make the working space more creative and just know just not that you feel like you're stuck at a desk so you know if you can have a break hotel where you can have seats and where you can pop your laptop um i just think it makes work life more enjoyable um yeah my own office for instance i mean i've got graffiti walls and got a graffiti of myself on the wall um no okay um and then in the reception area i mean it's really funky um and in there as well i wanted to go and work downstairs in the reception i can do so even in my own workspace i've got the flexibility of working all around the building um so yeah it just it just makes just makes work more interesting and not boring and do so do uh, interior design fashions go out of date or, or change over a period um I think it depends on your client, really. <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't say it goes out of date because we actually follow the fashion industry. So whatever's on the catwalk always echoes into the interior design. Um, but with myself, I design for what my client wants. So if I'm briefed to do a vintage look, then I'll do a vintage look. If somebody wants a contemporary look, I'll do a contemporary look. Um, so yeah, so sometimes I don't tend to always look back at fashions. Um, Do you ever see clients. a mistake coming and then have to try and guide people away from it? Where you, you know it's going to be a garish disaster that's not going to age well and you try and sort of yes. steer them? <laughs> <laughs> yes, me, me and my clients would have little squabbles because I do, as I say, I keep it real. Um, so, the, but I mean, yesterday I was at... Um, can't say the name, but a kitchen company of one of my clients, uh, and he wants a blue kitchen. So I said, "It's great. We'll go for a blue kitchen. It'd be fun." Um, but then he wanted copper, like a really shiny copper handles on there, really big, big handles. 
And I was like, no, 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 that's that's not going to work. So, <laughs> but I think it looks fabulous. So I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I was literally like, can you grab me more handles, please? More, more vintage copper. So I've got the vintage copper. I showed him that next to the next to this blue wood, and he was like, that looks fabulous. So I was like, see. You can still have copper, but just not the one that you wanted, because it, you know, it just wouldn't have looked good. <laughs> yeah, that moment when it looks uh, more sort of Willy Wonka than uh, than FTSE five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do, I do, I do let them know that it doesn't, it just doesn't go together. It won't look well. Um, and yeah, and I'll probably show them another example as well somewhere else, and then they'll be like, no, we won't go there. <laughs> How belligerent do you let them get until you have to give in? Have you ever had to give in if someone really insists on something like that? Or um, yes, Lisa is fishing for tips again, so be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I did. I did give in on one project, but yeah, I sat there with a very sad face. So you, you knew that I wasn't happy with it, but yeah, <laughs> we went ahead. <laughs> have there ever been somewhere you've kind of Alan Smithed it, where you said, "I'm not putting my name to that." Um. Because it's gone take, so fast. I'll just start taking any pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> yes, there must be somewhere you go. No, you've hijacked this completely. This is not what we agreed, and I'm, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. Uh, can, I wouldn't um, say that's my work. I'm just thinking. Uh, there is one client who uses <laughs> that quite a lot, but he always, he always kind of won me over. I'd be like, okay, I'll learn to love it. <laughs> It, it, it is a factor in many industries. I, I've had that before. I've, I've had a, a voiceover client several years ago that had um, that gave me a brief, did it as per the brief, fulfilled as needed, and then the end client came back saying, oh, they now need it. They've now changed their mind. They want it in a totally different style, which didn't fit the the project it was at all. I, I Like you, I just recommended that that is not, the way to go doesn't fit it clashes with the intention yeah. so i they said just do a demo mm -hmm. so i did a, a demo more so as a bit of a joke yeah and pretty much exaggerated what it would end up sounding like and they came back saying yep they love it yep we'll do it like that and I was, oh god <laughs> never ever call their bluff because it might just backfire on you. yes so in the end i had to redo it in that style and needless to say that is uh, not a job that has ever appeared in any show reel uh, voice reel i've ever done and never will i can just imagine lisa now going fine you want that skirting board paisley pattern you go ahead <laughs> don't blame me when it looks <laughs> But yeah, but, but we, I work pretty well with a lot of clients, um, and there's some brilliant clients who, you know, they've got some beautiful properties, and they just say, "Look, just do what you want, just make sure it looks great." And yeah, so that's the ideal client, isn't it? Just get on with it. Yeah, there's a beautiful Look. one, um, Sherborne Lofts in the city centre. That one was a, a brilliant, brilliant project. Um, I mean, the couple they was into, um, well, they are into Marvel. Okay. Yeah, the comic. Um, so they wanted the apartment to reflect all marble. So it was really lots of yellow, black, Batman. Yeah, Twelve-year-old's really bedroom. <laughs> on, more on a mature scale, though. They're only 20, so, yeah. <laughs> my, my problem is that I'm sitting here thinking, when are they going to be able to sell that ever? <laughs> but hey, yeah. Uh, well, well, it was more—it was more the actual furniture. 
Um, as for the walls, we kept them very plain, and the kitchen's a really stylish kitchen, so they can sell it very easily. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, if I was a, a prospective client, what would your tips be for me to get the best out of an interior designer? Apart from um, saying, just get on with it. Yeah. Um, the best tips? Uh, do you mean like working with an interior designer or...? So I mean, if it's to work together, I mean a lot. I mean a lot of people. Um, some people come to me where they just need help with colours. Um, they might be struggling with the layout. Um, so yeah, people can come in at different stages. Um, mm. So I would say that's a good advantage of working with an interior designer that we can come in at any time and help you. Um, you know, if you're stuck, if you're stuck with just what to pick or colour themes, things like that. Well, instead of going for the full interior design service. So do you often have, I mean, it sounds like the best way to really engage with the designer is to be clear about what you want and listen to what they tell you. With domestic, sometimes you get a couple that both have very different views of how that room should look. <laughs> do, you, do you get caught in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very leading question. <laughs> oh, I've sat in a couple of arguments. Literally, I've had to say, like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, like, the husband's like, I've had enough. Because what I, what I find is sometimes um, couples will know what they want, but then one of them will be the one that goes out doing the shopping. And then it might be the other half who's copying the bill. Um, and that person's probably wasted a lot of money buying this that doesn't go, buying that that doesn't go. Um, so that's kind of where the arguments probably already started because I've wasted a lot of money on stupid things. Um, and then when I get there, no, they're still arguing about who wants what, and then it'd be like, this is why so much money's been wasted in the first place. That's <laughs> oh, when they have to so, do it twice. My parents are a classic example. My mum loves everything looking like a country cottage so you know whites creams blues my dad reds browns wants it to look like some kind of victorian card room so <laughs> in the end they go with what my mom wants but yeah not before they've basically tried out 200 different tester pots had a passive aggressive argument and gone fine just have it your way <laughs> that's it but I usually walk into that argument while it's still happening <laughs> <laughs> so to get to get around that to be honest um, I will do them a couple of designs um, both of what each of them like and then what we'll do is I'll tell them to pick bits from each design and then I'll merge them together and that's how I kind of find a middle ground with couples <laughs> blue velvet meets hot pink Yes. yes. I was thinking happy, happy middle ground of my parents. Or, yeah. say, that room's for you. And you have that room and that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. So if there was somebody that you wanted to work to do a project for now and they were listening, who would it be? Oh, I'd love to do um the higher telltale chain. A few of those. Holiday Inn, any of those hotel chains. <laughs> well, I've got at least at least six rooms to design. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh, That'd be a nice contract. Template or it's sort of individual styles per room. I would love somebody who would love to have an hotel that's very quirky. Every room individually themed. 
um, because that's one thing with my projects is a lot of people like me to do a theme so I assume we do say I wanted an industrial theme like one I've done a seaside theme with um, seagulls on the wall and everything <laughs> so I'd love to do some like yeah an art hall with just different theme rooms um, that's really fun oh, well you never know who's listening absolutely you never know if that's the sub at the custard factory, Birmingham, <laughs> get in touch. I never thought we'd get the listeners that we got, but I never thought we'd get to uh, 30 podcasts. I actually said that we're on 28 now. When we get to oh, 30, we're going to get Richard uh, Richard Tasered live on air. <laughs> he doesn't know about it yet, but you know. no, because that, that is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'm not sure if I agree. <laughs> I think you should. Talk <laughs> <laughs> <can> about yourself. <laughs> And have you, finally, have you got any tips for anyone who may be thinking about getting into interior design or tips for people who may want to hire a designer? Um, well, for tips for anybody who wants to get into interior design, um, I would advise taking the right steps um, because a lot of people can waste a lot of time paying for online courses, um, you know, doing like a four-week course somewhere. Um, but really, it's best to go to college, probably get an art and design course if you want a quicker route or textiles. And then from there, go on to university, um, take an interior design course, because you do, you do learn a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very important to take the proper routes and also get lots of work experience as well. Absolutely. And there's no reason why you can't exceed to where you want to go. Um and then anybody who's, who wants to hire an interior designer, you know, give them a call or myself. Um, we'll ask you just to tell us a little bit about your project. Uh, we'll come out and be brief by yourself, have a look at it, we'll send a quote over. And, you know, if you're happy with everything, then we go ahead and get the work started. Um, so, yeah, that's the tips I can give about that subject. Um, yeah, work with an interior designer as well. It's lots of fun. Um, and I, Yeah, you learn a lot as well. So, yeah. I think for a lot of people who aren't overly creative or think they're probably not overly creative, it would be a bit of a uh, a learning curve, if anything else, just to see all the different types of stuff that's out there, which uh, for the likes of people that think designing a home means a trip on a Saturday morning to Ikea, uh, and that's job done. I think that's uh, there's a lot more out there than just, <laughs> just focusing no. on one place. Yeah, yeah, Other I mean, homeware that... stores are available. Absolutely. They're not sponsoring <laughs> us, sadly. And I mean, I think that's important as well, because a lot of people, you know, um, they think that interior design is just, just, you know, putting things together. But I mean, you know, it's a lot of measuring. I mean, I go out, I measure sites and I have to put all that into a 3D program. Um, you know, also know it all electrics, gas appliances and things like that. Um, if it comes to curtains, we get a lot of curtains made. So, you know, we have to measure the windows and, get all, and design that, we design sofas. Um, so, you know, something's more bespoke and, you know, it's a lot more, a lot more work involved as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of time's put into interior design. And finally, where can people find you online? Okay, well, you can find me at www.lisabeinteriordesign.co.uk. That's the website. Um, and also, I've set up an online portfolio, which you can find at lisabeinteriordesign.com. Um, it's just an easier route, so you can go on there and um, you can see some of the projects on there. And then also, the office is based at the Custard Factory in Birmingham City Centre. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the Custard Factory great place that's lovely lovely here well I think that pretty much wraps things up for episode 28 
So many thanks, Lisa, for coming on and giving us your insights. Thank you for having me, guys. And other than that, we shall see you all on the next episode. You've been listening to Brumpod, the podcast for small businesses by small businesses. Brought to you by Brummies Networking, the home of free, stripped-back business networking. Produced by Happy Content Co. Follow us on Twitter, at Brumpod. You can subscribe to future episodes using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and several other podcast platforms. Just search for Brumpod. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then please do consider leaving us a review. Music by Bureaucratic. We'll see you on the next episode.